Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Welcome, everyone, to episode to number 16 of a series of episodes called Leading Others to Christ. During these episodes, our focus will be on evangelism. Those of you who've been watching these already, you know that. We have other goals that we're hoping to, uh, to reach. But the main thing is to, uh, I'm going to use some old phrases, is, is to stir us up again, uh, to get us motivated again. Uh, and especially in the area of reaching out to family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, and whatever, with the gospel of Christ. Because unfortunately, in too many places, not being negative, just speaking the truth, it's not going on. And churches are dying and having to close their doors because nobody's in the community. Uh, everything, all the work that's being done is edification and nothing or little is being done to reach out in evangelism. My name is Dan Barker and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Franklin's about 20 miles south of downtown Indy, uh, for those of you that can kind of get a mental picture of where it is. Uh, those of you that know me know that I'm passionate about leading others to Christ. Uh, and I have been ever since I was taught the gospel and obeyed the gospel when I was a college student, when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, and ever since then, I've, always, I've read everything I could get my hands on, talked to whoever I could, always striving. I will use some Bible phrases here, uh, striving to teach others, uh, striving to sow the seed. Uh, learning how to be a fisher of men, learning how to make disciples, uh, and to teach others how to teach. It's a big part of this whole thing. And I've been using what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul said to Timothy, and the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, and I'm going to say and women, who will be able to teach others also. So I came up with this idea to identify those Christians around the country and perhaps even around the world as we continue to go. Men and women, those fellow workers out there who are doing this, who are reaching others and leading others to Christ. And once we've identified them to interview them, like we're gonna to do today, we want to learn more about them, who they are, uh, why they are so motivated in the work that they're about, how are they doing their work, and what can we learn from them? And quite frankly, the response to this has been really good, and, and I'm excited about it. And I want to encourage anyone that is listening, if you like what you see here, please share it uh, with your friends, and we're, we're trying to get the word out there. Today, we're really excited. We have with us Stuart Peck and Craig DeHutt. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Yeah. Yes, yeah, good. And come to find, we'll talk about that in a second, but come, I didn't even realize that we are, we actually living in the same state. So we're going to, we're going to work on that. We're going to fix that. Not well, fix it, but we're going to get together. Yes, uh, we should. But those of you that don't know these two guys, you've probably heard of the project, uh, several projects that they have, but it's called Appian Media. And just really excited about the things that they've done, the things that they're working on. And so I want to encourage you to get out your pen and paper. There's going to be a lot of information given in this interview. Also, uh, to really uh, to pay attention to what's going on, some new projects that are currently going on. So again, welcome, Stuart and Craig. I know that you guys are out of state, down in Tennessee on a project there. And we really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us this afternoon. We're glad to do it. Thanks. Good. Good. 
let's start with this. We've been doing all the interviews this way, and it's, it's like the old elevator pitch. You know, somebody says, well, what do you do? What, do you, what, kind, of, what kind of work do you do, right? So let's see each one of you start. Stuart, start us out. Tell everybody who you are, where you were born, what you've been doing, okay? And kind of bring everybody up to speed, and then we'll let Craig do the same thing. Oh, man, you want to go all the way back to birth. Elevator pitch. I know, right? Ele- yeah, elevator pitch. The elevator pitch. Uh, well, I was, I was born in Dallas, Texas, but quickly moved away from Texas and grew up kind of all over Florida, Kansas. And then after I graduated from high school, went to Western Kentucky University and kind of was down in your stomping grounds. I was in Bowling Green for a while and then in Owensboro, Kentucky for a little while. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. We'll have no. to have a conversation about the people yes. we know. So. Oh, good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I, my background is in, it's actually in broadcasting and in journalism. And yeah, after school, started working for a television station and uh, did that for a while and then kind of switched over into documentary filmmaking. And that's kind of where we are now. That's kind of where I met Craig. So was that, was that short enough for the elevator pitch? Well okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you did real well. The only thing that's kind of concerning now when I hear what your background is, after we get through, you, you, you can send me a text or say, Dan, you got to change this or that. Or you, <laughs> you, Hey, we'll take any, anything we can do to make this better. That's what we want to know how to do. So, all right, Craig, your turn. I am originally from Salem, Oregon. My father's a preacher, so that led us out to the state of Indiana. I fell in love with making movies when I was a teenager, so I went to film school in Atlanta, Georgia and followed a similar track as, as Stu. In fact, we even worked at the same television station just a few years apart. We came to find that out later, but lived in Tampa for a while, lived in Bowling Green, uh, worked at some television stations, and uh, eventually moved my family, my wife and my kids, uh, up to Indianapolis. And working for a video production company, eventually decided to work for myself and met Stu for coffee one day. Just two Christian guys who happen to be working in the same industry. There aren't that many of us. So when we find out about each other, we like to talk shop. And uh, the idea for Appian Media was born there. That's a good summary, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's real good. I learned a lot with both of you. So that's good. So when you had that, I'd like to be a fly on the wall to hear that conversation with coffee. But um, so why, I'm going to say it this way. You know, you've heard that, what's the guy's name that has the book, What's Your Why? So what's the why behind Appian Media? Why is there Appian Media? Uh, well, when Craig and I got together for coffee, we were both kind of noticing something that was occurring in our uh, churches. And it was the fact that we would teach Bible classes. And specifically, we were teaching high school Bible classes and noticing that the kids were kind of checking out. It was like they weren't really seeing the importance or the relevance of learning the Bible. And we kind of sat back and thought, why is that? And we, we noticed that, you know, they are so immersed in technology and they are all carrying cell phones and they're all used to Netflix and YouTube. And then all of a sudden we come into the church setting and we would say, put all that away. Let's study the Bible. And so there was this disconnect between, okay, the Bible must not be new or exciting or relevant or anything if I have to put away all the things I'm used to using not only in my personal life, but in my classroom at school, and pull out a book. And so we thought, why in the world are we doing that? Why are we making them use a medium that they aren't using very much anymore, and instead take the Bible, which we know is God's 
timeless message and put it on their phones or put it someplace where they are. And we started talking. And since we both have a background in video, we said, why not start creating videos about the Bible that show these kids that the Bible is real and that the Bible is relevant to our lives? Well, that's, that's fantastic. And, and there's no, I don't think there'll be anybody listening that can't relate to what you just said. You know, they've seen it, right? They've seen the adults, in, even in the congregations, that are not paying attention, even though they've been told to put their phones up and almost imply, well, I'm looking at my Bible app. Well, oh, maybe, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that, I shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning them. But um, all right. So it's, uh, it's a product of our, uh, of our day and time. I'm here. That's what, part of what I'm here. So. Yeah, we, we commonly talk about going to the public squares that already exist and bringing the gospel to those public squares. So in our day and time, YouTube is a public square that people are gathering to consume and submit information and knowledge. And podcasts are now in the last few years is, is becoming a rapidly growing public square. And the internet is allowing people to gather in those digital public squares. And we said, why aren't there more biblically sound pieces of content in those public squares? And so that's what we set out to do. It's something larger and bigger and more ambitious than either of us had ever done. But we saw the need to fill these public squares with something that was worthwhile and timeless. All right. I like that. Another thing, obviously, with this crazy year 2020, we're all seeing a, a lot more uh, individuals and, and congregations that are, you know, having Zoom studies and or Zoom uh, worship services. And uh, we've almost been forced to get into, uh, into the, uh, what you call it, into the square that we need to be in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. we've been forced to get into this uh, realm. And it's just like, I didn't, I didn't, I had heard of Zoom, but I had, I did my first Zoom Bible study that led to two people obeying the gospel. But uh, that's when I called uh, Matt Malden and said, Matt, I think it's time to start this podcast we've been talking about and let me learn how to do this because you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's, that's, <laughs> you can't. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a work in progress. Now, I think it's fascinating, but what's, what's so good, too, is that you're set, setting yourself apart, I think, by going to the, the, holy, going to the holy lands, going to, again, the so that the children and the adults can see, right, what this looks like, to see what this area uh, is so they can relate to what they're reading in the Bible. Um, And that's that's, that's a huge part of it, too. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times sitting in the United States, we, we tend to take the Bible out of context because we don't know the geographical locations or the culture. And when we read it, we put ourselves into those places, into the Bible. And seeing these places, we've heard over and over again, people are like, I never pictured it that way. And what that tells us is that people were, in some cases, misreading uh, or just blowing past all of the references to geography and culture. And so uh, it's such a powerful medium to be able to show people these places that are real places and you can still visit today. And that's kind of what we've set out to do. Mm-hmm. Well, just a, a real quick personal story. A few years ago, another couple and I, from uh, my wife and I, and went with a group to uh, to Rome and Athens, and and we had a mm-hmm. chance to go to Turkey, to go to Ephesus, and that just blew me away. I, I had, you know, I've studied Ephesus my whole life, but 
to, to go there and to see that, to see the ruins and to think about the people that had been there and the, the language to the church there in Revelation, if they didn't make some changes, that candle was going to be taken away, you know, and, uh, and there's no church there now, is there? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Or going to Mars Hill there in Athens and uh, reading in Acts 17, but having been there and stood on that, and it's, it just changes your whole understanding and perception of Scripture. So yeah. I guess it's just incredible because not everybody's able to jump on a plane and go to these places, but you can take us there uh, using your tools, right? Yeah. And we've heard that from people, you know, the original idea stemmed from trying to create something for high school students, but we figured out very early on, it was appealing to people of all ages. So we were hearing from the older generation who were saying, we will never be able to make a trip like that, but you've actually brought it back to us. And I've been reading these stories my whole life and I haven't been picturing it accurately. And now I actually see it. We just, we're trying to fill in the gaps that we have living in this time, living in this place, that uh, we're trying to give readers of the biblical text the same base level of knowledge of geography and history and culture that the original recipients had. Um, They knew where Jerusalem was and where Jericho was, and they knew where Rome was. And uh, many of us don't. I certainly didn't. I've been to Israel now three times and I'm still fuzzy on the geography, but it's so important and it really brings a depth to the study that I think many of us were missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it, it's so good. You know, just because the, the, our podcast is focused on evangelism, I don't know if it's a fair question. Do you see what you've been doing more as edification for existing Christians, or do you see it as a tool that can be used for reaching mm-hmm. and leading others to Christ? Um, <clears throat> yeah, we absolutely see it as both. On the evangelism side, the numbers are pretty clear that it's evangelism. The number of countries that we've reached with this material, uh, and no doubt the number of pe- people who are looking for uh, the truth, we see it every day when people come across our website and they leave messages and comments on our videos. And even when they order products from our store and we see where they're coming from and, you know, different denominations and we go, okay, this is, this is really making an impact. And we're so excited about that. And um, on the edification side, we, we see our own brothers and sisters who are saying, wow, this is amazing. Like Craig just said, I never pictured it that way. And so uh, it's, it's beyond even what I think we imagined it could be when we first started. And that was a question we asked at the beginning, you and I, is mm-hmm. who, who is our audience? And that's, we're, we're trained to do that as video professionals. A sure. client hires us and we ask them, who's, who's going to watch this? And if you don't know the answer to that question, you can't make the most effective video. So we asked that and we wanted from the very beginning, not just to make something that Christians would, would enjoy and appreciate because that, that, limits, that limits the audience and it doesn't actually fulfill the Great Commission, does it? No, um, but it if we could create something that could do both um, with an emphasis on using it to bring people to the truth of, of the gospel, um, that's what we set out to do. Well, so you've got, let's talk a little bit about your, your different projects. Um, and I'll, I'll try to not mess up the list here, but the first one was the first one, Following the Messiah. Mm-hmm, that's right. Tell everybody, tell everybody, uh, I think, what have you got, four now? Or you have three and working on the fourth or what? 
Oh man, we, we kind of yeah, we kind of lose got, track after a while. There's a few uh, video series and a few podcasts. So yeah. all right, bad question, bad question. No, you're fine. No, so following the Messiah was was the first project, and uh, that took us two years to create. It took us two trips to Israel in order to create a ten episode series about the life of Jesus. It's four four and a half hours worth of content, and uh, searching for a king was our second series which was our third trip. And that's actually why we're here in Tennessee right now. Uh, it's been submitted to a film festival. And so we're here with that. Searching for a King talks about Israel's United Kingdom. So the first Kings of Israel. Just this year, we released Lessons from the Land, the Gospels. It's our first children's series, which makes use of similar material and some new material from the Gospels, but created for a younger audience. And then Stu is actually the one to, to launch our fourth series, uh, which was due to the, to the coronavirus, actually. So you could probably speak to that better than I could. Yeah, I, I think um, our fourth series was Bible Study Without Borders, and that is a whole different twist. We, because it was born out of the pandemic, it was a conversation between uh, two of our team members looking at the Sermon on the Mount specifically and kind of walking through it. And the idea was it would provide content for people who may not be able to meet together for a Bible study. And that is growing. And we actually have in production right now um, a second set of videos looking at the book of Ephesians uh, in the same setting. So just trying to offer a variety of pieces of content to people who are looking from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, I just think about all of the, uh, the studies I've had over the years and different things, the studies that we're working on now with those that are not Christians. And, and then all the people that we're hopefully going to reach with our podcast to say, Hey, look, there's some other tools here that are just so much better than what we have. And it's going to be more attractive, if you will, to this younger generation where they will at least take a look. They will, mm-hmm. they will listen. Yeah. And perhaps they wouldn't listen to just me sitting down and talking to them, but encourage them to, to watch something together. And, uh, and I think even to get a congregation excited again about Bible study. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the things we love to hear the most is adult classes and kids classes saying we're, we're using lessons from the land this quarter Mm -hmm. and the kids are just eating it up. One of the things that is attractive to people, and we did this on purpose from the very beginning is the videos are completely free to watch. So you can go onto our website, appianmedia.org, or you can go on YouTube, the public square of YouTube, and watch our videos in their entirety for free so that teachers can know that it's easily accessible. They can know what they're showing their kids, and uh, it's not behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. And that, that was important to us from the very beginning. Well, and, and I appreciate you, too, for doing that. It takes away any of the uh, objections that somebody might have, right? Mm-hmm. They can go there and look, look and learn, and, and then share it. I heard, I don't know if this is true, I heard from just a rumor somewhere that there's another project in the works. Uh, <laughs> um, well, this was, this was a uh, project that we've been working on for a couple of years, and we've made plans in May to travel over to Turkey to uh, shoot a documentary on the seven churches of Asia that are mentioned in chapters two and three of Revelation. And uh, that got postponed, but we are working toward going in October to film 
that uh, documentary. And so we actually are currently fundraising for that project. But uh, the whole idea is, uh, you know, there was a letter that uh, John circulated to these seven churches that are mentioned in those two chapters about uh, things that they were doing right and things that they were doing wrong. And that is so relevant for us today as we sit in 2020. And I think we could even argue that it's even more relevant with the pandemic right now for us all to look inwardly and say, okay, what can I do to make sure that I am in right standing with God? And so that's our plan is uh, Jeremy DeHutt, who is the host of the series, would travel over there and explore those places and make some connections and, and hopefully uh, cause people as they're watching this to think about, oh man, uh, where do I stand today? And yeah, trial and triumph. We're hopeful that it uh, will get produced this year. Well, I like that. I like the title of it. That's really good. Yeah, we have to continue to self-examine, don't we? Always, uh, always. And, and, you know, you mentioned there, and, and uh, I, I want to do this, and I hope I can do it the right way, but uh, you're, you're doing so much of your work where people can view these things, like you said, free, and, and you said you're great, because, you know, I was just thinking, two years to do that first one, two trips to Israel, 10, if I wrote it, 10 episodes right, of, uh, of work. Mm -hmm. If somebody out there that's listening to this said, hey, I'd like to help, uh, help these guys on their project, uh, can they do that? And if so, how would they do that? They can. Well, the first thing that we ask is uh, prayers, because uh, this thing has been driven by prayer from the very beginning. Uh, the second thing, it's a very real practical need, is just because we're giving these away for free doesn't mean it didn't cost money to produce these things. Of and so from, from early on, uh, Appian Media became a, a non-for-profit, 501c3. And so people can donate to the projects. And we raise the funds necessary for the project at the beginning so that when we produce it and release it, we're not dependent on the revenue generated by it to, to pay anyone back. Um, so Appian Media doesn't take on any debt and, and we don't take on any investors. Um, it's through free will donations from individuals that want to see this get done. And that's what we're doing right now. We're raising funds to, to pay for the, the practical needs of a production like this, which seems like a lot at times, you know, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And, uh, but then you put it in perspective and Stu and I have worked in the industry, the amount of content that we are able to produce with the money is a drop in the bucket to what Hollywood typically spends. Oh, and so we, we make every dollar count. Well, I hope everyone that's listening, if they can, will we'll, uh, we'll reach out and help. You know, I was just thinking another thing that is such a part of evangelism is different congregations call it different things, but like a new converts class or new life in Christ class. Uh, but what a great tool to be mm -hmm. able to use to take that new Christian and take them through these series that you've done to help them see it even better. You know, if it's not Absolutely. done up front, to be able to use that in a new converts class would be a very powerful way to use this as well. Yeah, for sure. I've always said that uh, following the Messiah, that 10 videos, and then there's a workbook that goes along with it that has 26 lessons. If you go through the workbook and you watch all 10 videos, you have an intimate understanding of our Lord and Savior. And um, I think that's, that's obviously a very powerful thing to have if you're a new convert or if you've been in the church for your entire life. I mean, I can just tell by, and again, I look forward to meeting you. I can just tell the, 
the joy that both of you have on your face. Of, uh, you're really enjoying this work, aren't you? Yeah, we love it. We absolutely do. And I think every day we, we kind of have to pinch ourselves because it's like, we can't really call this a job. <laughs> I don't right. think that we can. It's just so much fun to yeah. do. And, and I think that we both at different times have kind of looked at this as like, uh, this isn't just, you know, a hobby or something fun to do. Uh, it's, it's a mission. It's a calling. And we just feel compelled to do this uh, as long as we possibly can. Yeah, and and you've used the word fun, and it is. It's very fulfilling. It's not easy. <laughs> uh, anyone who's followed at least some of the behind the scenes of of these trips that we take, it, they're they're hard trips. But when we hear from people as to how it's being used and the impact that it's had on others, um, and isn't that the gospel? Right. Yeah. God doesn't say that evangelizing is supposed to be easy or fun all the time, well, but it's good it, work. It's needful yeah, it's work. Good work. But it, there's a reason that the term personal work is, you know, and we sing songs like to the work, to the work. And that's another reason why a lot of people don't want to do it because it's right. work. It's, it's too work. hard. It's work. Yeah. But it's and, good uh, work. Well, is there anything else? We've, we're about out of time here. Anything else that you'd like to bring up that we haven't touched on? <clears throat> I, I don't think so. I think we're really appreciative of you, Dan. And, you know, Craig mentioned that podcasting is becoming a huge thing as well. And so, you know, we have a, a couple of podcasts uh, as well, Inroads and Digging Deeper, um, that you can find on your major podcast platforms. But um, we encourage people to listen there and listen to your podcast. And it's like those are also tools that we can take and use to uh, study the Bible and encourage others as well. So thank you. Well, I know uh, you took time away from the event that you're there at, in Nashville, and, and I really appreciate it. I really do look forward to meeting you in person here soon. And good luck, and God bless the work that you're doing, and, and keep it up, okay? Don't lose the passion that you currently have. <laughs> That's right. Keep it going. So thank you again, fellas. Thank you, Dan. Bye-bye. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.